Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 202. I am your host, Blaine Pudvay. I'm joined now by my co-hosts, Treg Wilson. Hello. And Matt Smith. Good evening. It is a rare episode with all three. I think this is the second one in a row. Happy we can finally do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's our second episode in a row now with all three of us. I think so. Almost didn't happen. I was, uh, I just got back from uh, hockey. So <clears throat> that, uh, that took a little time, you know, scored a couple. Maybe you'll Thanks. get a call up. Maybe you'll get a call up. No, no, probably not. But I looked really good playing because I was wearing my no name hockey equipment and using my no name hockey stick. If you go to no name hockey you can save 10% off your purchase on your custom sticks and custom equipment by using the code HABS10. Check. Commercial number one down. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this episode, we're going to talk uh, about Carey Price. We'll talk about the injuries that are starting to pile up for the Canadians. Um, some possible call-ups. We'll, we'll review the Kings game and uh, might talk about a few th- a few other odds and ends so we'll just jump right into the uh the carry price saga so matt you have carry carry uh, price's comments i do his press release so why don't you read that for us i do so um this is 100 from carry price um apparently he went to the team he The only thing that uh, the only thing that he asked for was help translating into French. So I've got his quote here, and uh, and here it goes. Is it over the last right in English? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could speak. I could do it in French. You guys might laugh at me a little bit, but here it goes. So over the last few years, I've let myself get to a very dark place, and I didn't have the tools to cope with that struggle. Last month, I just I made the decision to enter a residential treatment facility for substance use. Things had reached a point that I realized I needed to prioritize my health for both myself and for my family. Asking for help when you need it is what we encourage our kids to do and is what I needed to do. I'm working through years of neglecting my own mental health, which will take some time to repair. All I can do is take it day by day. With with that comes some uncertainty with when I will return to play. 
I appreciate I appreciate all of the overwhelming support and well wishes. I please ask for I please ask that the media and our hockey community continue to respect our privacy at this time. Your support and respect of this so far has been a critical piece to my recovery. So happy to hear from. Yes. I think it's I think it's really good that he he showed the strength to reach out and get help. Um, and it just, if not for him, but for his family and making this release, uh, this press release, I think he's going to help more people than you would expect because when no one, no one expects, you know, these rich, famous professional athletes where pretty much everything's going right for them throughout their lives. People just automatically assume that, well, there, there can't be anything wrong in their lives. So this proves that mental health does have an effect on everyone and it doesn't matter your situation. So exactly. I think it's going to help I, people. And that's that whole, you know, uh, stigma around, um, you know, mental health surrounding um, professional athletes. Like that's got to go away. Like they're, they're people just like the, just like we are. Yes. They make a little bit more money than we do. And, you know, they're in front of cameras all the time, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, they've got, they've got wives, they've got girlfriends, they've got lives, they've got children, et cetera. And, you know, they need to be treated just like the rest of us. Yeah, exactly. And I know there was a big, uh, (laughs) big tizzy on Twitter because some people um, were saying that Price should really, uh, should have made this press release earlier. Uh, I think Jack Todd, uh, Jack Todd was, yeah. was saying this, yeah. uh, you had comments about that, didn't you? I did. Um, and it was just the fact that, um, Carey Price doesn't know us anything. No, he, you know, the, the, the response to him being out and, and to know that he went into the, um, player assistance program has been largely positive from the, from the fan base and from the NHL. Um, but some people believe that they're entitled to some sort of explanation, much like um, Jonathan Drouin's situation. And it took Jonathan Drouin some time. And then he sat down with uh, Chantal McAbey and they, you know, he went, he went over it and he said, this is, this is why I stepped away from the game. And we've seen this season, he kind of looks like a rejuvenated player. Yeah. Right. So Yes, I, I, I said something about Jack Todd. I didn't really, I didn't call, I didn't say anything heinous. I, I just said that, you know, Carey Price, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't owe anybody any explanation. And when he wants to say, say his words, and we, and we see now that he's done so, he'll do that. He, he really doesn't have any, obli- he, and he didn't have any obligation to share that information with anybody he could have just kept that to his teammates he could have kept that with his family but he came forward and he and he did this and hopefully this leads to you know other people being able to step up and and, and if they're ever in this situation and they need the help they may be able to lean on you know his story um for a little bit of support yeah uh Treg, what about you no matt covered it all i mean you know, Kerry, what Kerry did was on Kerry. I agree. He owed nobody anything. Same with Druin. Druin owed no. If they, neither one of them came forward and said why they went to the, said why or why not, I would, wouldn't bother me. It's none of our business. 
but it was good for him to come forward. It's something he wanted to do. Uh, now, the recovery, some, uh, there, there is a thing of substance abuse that he brought up. Uh, well, I was going to talk about that. He didn't say abuse. He said substance use. There's, it's splitting hairs, but yeah, there's a uh, there's a diff- there's a difference. I'm assuming, and this is my assumption, it's painkillers. Uh, and this is just pills? an assumption. Yeah. Yeah, sure, yeah. Um, an opiate of some type. Yeah. Um, so, but he came forward. He didn't even have to say that because he could have just said, "Hey, my mental health has taken a hit." And not mention anything else about anything. He came completely honest. Uh, he said it's going to take time. That tells me he's going to be with the team, but we may not see him anytime soon. Um, and yeah, uh, props to him and uh, hope it helps uh, others come forward with issues that they have in the NHL and the AHL and the minors and any type of sport that you play. Like if, if, if you're dealing with uh, a, a mental health issue, come forward with it. Uh, we need people like Carrie Price and people who sit on a big stage, not just any person on a big stage, but one of the big guys on the big stage to come forward and say, hey, I have issues and I have to deal with them. And uh, hopefully it has a ripple down effect and uh, more people come out and do it. Yeah, I, just I for agree. themselves, for yeah. themselves. Yeah. I agree. It's going to be it's it's going to be a long process for Price and it's good that he came out and it's going to help others. Um and with Jack Todd, he, he, his argument was that because Price is missing games and it's affecting the team, people needed to know. Uh, I, I disagree. You only need to know he's gone. You don't need That's to right. know the, the ins and outs. You don't need to know why. It's none of our goddamn business. Yeah. Um, I understand that he's trying to do what the media does. He's trying to get to the root and he's trying to dig and he's trying to make the next big story. But when it comes to this kind of stuff, it's just, as you said, all you need to know is he's out. You don't need to add the little tidbit to the bottom of the article to say, you know, he makes ten and a half million dollars and he's this and he's this. And, you know, without Carey Price last year, this team wouldn't have made the playoffs, let alone gone to the final. So, you know, let the guy recover, let him be with his family, let him get to where he needs to be, get back to 100%, and then we'll see him back in the Canadians lineup. In a perfect situation, in a perfect world, what ends up happening? Carey Price comes back, he makes the Olympic team, he's got a gold medal around his neck, and then we can talk about this this, this story. And, oh, uh, and, and you know, that would be that, – that's my perfect world. Will it happen? Who knows? But uh, that, that would be kind of – you know, the perfect situation in my book. Well, it, it, the thing is with, uh, with Jack Todd saying that we needed to know this isn't like, um, you know, upper body, lower body injury kind of discussion. Right. You know, it's yeah. not, it's not something that happened on the ice. It's not something, it's not a physical injury. This is something that he has to deal with. So uh, pushing for more information at a time when a player is in a delicate time in the recovery is i think crossing the line let it i know they want to get the information out there but sometimes discretion is the better part of valor leave it be until they're ready so he came out and said this you know he he made his comments so he was ready to to share some of his story and now the french media is on this part substance use versus abuse part so Francois Gagnon at our at LVS was 
bringing up what you brought up, Treg, and saying that, and he was he was openly musing on air what the substances could be, and saying that we need to know, we need all the information. So well, it was, doesn't matter what it is. I just no. thought it was good for him for bringing it up because it's yes. something he didn't have to bring up at all. He could have just said mental health and not brought yeah. anything else up. He could have. He could have. Yeah. But we don't need to know what that is no. right now. No. And we uh, and we know that the recovery period is now indefinite. So digging further at this point in time, I think, again, discretion being the better part of valor, take a step back, let the player dictate his recovery because that's basically what we're at um when he's ready to tell people things he will and that's that's basically it Uh, he's earned this right because without him over the last decade where would this team have been like we see we see how bad they've been this season and in disarray without you know certain members of the team but for all those different playoff runs that this team has been on in the last 10 years uh, throughout the regular seasons, how many playoff appearances, how many playoff series wins would have been without him? He's earning this right. Yeah. So I think with uh, Jack Todd too, though, is Jack, Jack Todd has never been a big carry price supporter. He he's been very vocal about how, you know, price isn't the price of old. You should be traded. You should be gone. So I see what he was getting at. Uh, neither here nor there. If you either like Jack Todd or you don't, you got to know how to take Jack and boy, he does things. Yep. Um, and, uh, but I think that his past remarks about price, I think is what riled a lot of people up because they just assumed, because he did say today or yesterday that he thinks Price should not go to the Olympics and uh, play for the Olympics either if he's having these issues. Now, I don't think he meant it in a way that he shouldn't be there. I think he meant in a way if his mental health is the way it is, maybe it's not a good, you know what I mean? Maybe it's not good for him to go there and be under that much pressure. Um, but anyway, we'll see. I, I think that, everything depends. Price. Yeah, it's on Kerry Price whether or not he's ready. I think that if he says he's ready, Hockey Canada will will take him. Yeah, and they've and, and they've already yeah. put a spot available for him. Yeah. yeah, they've given him the exemption. So I have like m- many of the, many of the players have made um, statements. I've got one that I want to share. Yep. Um, it's from Ben Sherrod. He said it last night after the game. Um, so this is what he said. I'm quoting Ben Sherrod here um, on Carey Price. He said he's the leader on our team, but to be honest, the hockey part you don't really even care about. You care about your friend and his family, and just the well-being of him and his family. Definitely a brave man to come out and face his fears kind of the way he fears kind of the way he did. That's not easy for guys to do. And he did it. I'm proud to call him a friend. And you can, you know, you guys can look up as many uh, quotes as you want from Dom Ducharme, from, uh, from Jake Allen, et cetera. That was just the one that uh, I wanted to share on, uh, on the air here. I think that's, a, that encapsulates what, price means to the team there and this is beyond hockey this is teams are kind of like a little family and you rally around your family and that's what they're doing for carry right now and i think i think the fan base for the vast majority of them are doing that 
<clears throat> most of the media members are also doing that. So I see that as a positive. I really do. Um, any other words of wisdom or comments on uh, the carry price situation? Not on the carry price situation, but uh, Eric Engels had a, had a quick um, article that he wrote about uh, more or less discretion on the carry price matter. And uh, on the top, he, um, he quoted um, the uh, public health website for Canada. If you if you, if anybody ever needs help. So if you, uh, if you ever require any assistance, you know, obviously call 911 if uh, they know that's the first thing you can do, but uh, you know, if you need, if you need some help, go to the public, uh, public health page uh, for the government of Canada. And there's a lot of resources there that'll definitely help you out. Trey. No, I got nothing further. All right. And we'll move on to the, uh, the recent injuries that are piling up for the Canadians. So said the Dick pocket left the game against the Kings about midway through the game and they're expecting him to be gone for about 10 days. Um, no word on the exact injury, but it looked like it was a lower body, probably a, a groin or something. Um, I didn't even see him get hurt. I didn't even see the play. I don't, I just, just seemed like it was, he just, he just caught up with, uh, I think oh, it was Lazat. He yeah, just got caught up with him. And I'll be honest. I never noticed Paquette on the ice at all, even before he got injured. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> When Mike uh, uh, Brian Mudrick said, "Oh, Pacats won't be back for the game," I was like, "Oh, I didn't even realize he wasn't there." <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> also the other the other injury news is uh, Jonathan Drouin has been placed on the LTIR retroactively. Uh, he has not currently been diagnosed with a concussion, however. He is suffering from headaches as he exerts himself. So take that for what it's worth. He took a puck to the head. <clears throat> he has some bruising and he's getting headaches as he exerts himself. So he hasn't been diagnosed with a concussion. So that's what we're going with at this point in time. You can take that for what it's worth. He's been practicing every day. though. Like He hasn't missed a practice since he's come back. Yeah, but he keeps um, leaving early. And Ducharme says that he's, it's not a concussion. Um, and Ducharme's good at uh, releasing that usually, kind of information. Yeah, uh, actually it was Arpin Basu said that. Arpin says he's usually, oh, okay. he tells you, yep. you know, and you know Arpin. He, you know, he said Ducharme usually tells you what it is. If it's a concussion, he'll tell you it's a concussion. So unless the doctors aren't telling him it's a concussion yet, I don't know. Uh I don't think he's on LTIR. I think he's just on IR, isn't he? It's retroactive to uh, to the injury. Oh yeah, but I, I, yeah, I, I think it's for a roster spot, so they can bring someone. Yeah, I think so too. That they put him on, but uh, I don't know. It could be anything. Could be like an eye thing, a vision thing. Could be, you know, maybe his vision's messed up. It's giving him headaches. Yeah, know. yeah, it could be that. Could be anything. But which is which is a shame because once again, Drew wins having a good season or a good start to the season and an injury like the wrist injury he had a couple of years ago when he was having that hot start and the injury uh, puts him down. Now that Suzuki's caught fire, two of them on the same line could have been, yeah, you know, pretty good. But uh, I guess Josh Anderson and Raddick Dvorak are playing with injuries as well. 
Well, Josh Anderson. Josh is sick. An he illness. has an illness. Yeah. Non-COVID related illness. So there could be a very, uh, there, there's a very good possibility that <clears throat> there'll be a call-up after tonight's uh, Laval Rocket game. As we record, it's November 10th. It's about 9.30 in the evening, Atlantic time. Um, so yeah, there, there'll probably be a call-up after the Rocket game. I'm going to guess probably someone like a Dauphin because they don't want to ruin the development process for uh, paling or coffee. Don Sebastian Day could be another one that comes up. Could be, could be, or they both they, have, they both have NHL experience. So they did, or it could be RHP. Hmm. Lavalager might get a call up. Maybe Yelonen, because they did talk about him playing a couple NHL games. Well, right now, with a lack at center, it's probably going to be a center. Hmm. Yeah. So unless they unless they just chuck Brooks in, but when you look at the LA game last night. Um, even with Pizzetta taking the panels that he took, him and Bill Zill only played just over five minutes apiece. Yeah, and we're going to get into the Kings game here in a couple of minutes. Um, I just wanted to mention also Norlander is playing tonight in Laval, and uh, Ducharme did mention that he will return to the Canadians soon because this is a uh, uh, conditioning stint. And when he returns to the Canadians, he will get time playing games with the Canadians. So they're going to see what he has. Is the conditioning stint 10 days or 10 games? 10 days. Yeah, that's what I thought. So he's only going to get, what, two games in, I think? Or what, the he one might game. be able to he's, get the three. He's had, he's had two in so far. Yeah, and they've got three in, games. So this this yeah, yeah they got three games this week. He'll probably be able to get all three in, and then he'll get uh, returned. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see what he's got, because the Canadians desperately need a puck-moving defenseman. Um. And I know that uh, Sam Girard, Samuel Giral in uh, Colorado is on the block. Got to say it French because then we're going to get him. Ha-ha. You can't say Sam Girard. Sammy Girard. Yeah, cannot say that. No. You say that, we don't want. <laughs> I, I don't see it happening, but uh, sure. You've heard it here, 14th, Saint Samuel Girard. There you go. It's going to be a Montreal Canadian. You think you're saying he's going to be a Canadian player, Blaine? I think they're kicking the tires right now. Well, I think they kick the tires at everybody, but uh, I, I, who, do, who do we give up for? Who, who is a, a Samuel Girard uh, go back the other way guy? Uh, they're looking for they're looking for forwards. So, yeah. well, right now Girard's in a, in his second year of a seven year contract. He's making five five million dollar cap it. It's because Montreal got a dump salary if they're getting Samuel Girard. So who do you think? Who's making around five million dollars? That's a forward. Jonathan Drouet. There you go. <laughs> money in, money out. Uh, Quebecois in, Quebecois out. Yeah, but do you think they're gonna? I, I don't know. I just <laughs> I, I see this being the season where Montreal is going to surround themselves with Girard, or uh, Drouin. And although I'm not against it, I'm perfectly okay with Drouin going out and Girard coming in. Uh, I think it'd be, I mean, McKinnon, Duran back together again. Yeah. That'd be, uh, that'd be pretty sweet. 2013 uh, Men Cup all over again. Or but, uh, McKinnon comes to Montreal. What? Yeah. Totally, totally <laughs> going to And joins Duran that way. Gerard and McKinnon <laughs> for Price and Duran. <laughs> <laughs> That's as likely as Justin Bieber and Tim Hortons teaming up. What? Yeah. Never happened. Touching Tim bits everywhere. 
Are you a believer? No. I used to like uh, Timbits. Now, not so much. Um, I, I would love Sam Gerard come out. I just, I don't yep. know. I just don't. I just don't see it happening. I just don't like. I, I agree with you. I think Drew Ann would be the guy Colorado would want back if it's a money for money thing. But I just, I don't know. I just don't see it. Um, if that, if that is actually something the, the, this current GM is looking at, I would be happy just knowing that. He sees his defense as way too static and needs more mobility. So I mean, we've if he's been heading in that direction. Get, yeah. We've been rumored to get every puck moving defenseman that's ever become available. So especially the happens. French ones. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I remember when we were supposed to get Goss to spare or Cam Fowler yeah. or anybody else. <laughs> the wife beater out of LA there. We're supposed to get him. Yeah. D'Angelo Voinov. Oh, yeah, the rumor about D'Angelo was bullshit. Yeah, I think Voinov was it. And actually, no, I think they did look at Voinov, but yes, but the D'Angelo thing it. was bullshit. Yeah. They're not gonna they're not gonna go trade for a guy or sign a guy who's known for punching goalies. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Like we, you know, we're getting off topic a little bit, but when we talk about when we talk about Sam Girard. He's kind of become expendable. And even though he just Colorado, signed, yes. yeah, even though he just, even though he just uh, signed a, uh, a, co- a contract extension and, you know, it's for pretty good money, you know, you see um, Bowen Byram in the emergence mm-hmm. of him. Uh, he's got eight points so far with three goals in 10 games. So he, the guy is playing mm-hmm. very well. And Kyle McCarr, he moved ahead of him. So Gerard's That's right. kind of, That's right. you know. They're, he's going to be wasted in Colorado, so he should be going to somewhere. Yeah, and they got and then, Taves and then, there too, and they got Devin well. Taves as well. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. So yeah, he they're they're shopping a defenseman, and because they know that there's a market for defensemen, yep. so that they can get themselves some scoring. So it makes perfect sense for Colorado, and you know, we'll we'll tie uh, we'll tie the francophone puck mover to the Canadians for now, because you know that's what we do. Uh, I'll put Glenn that. said a, it. Gerard's yeah. going to the Canadians. He said it. So it doesn't happen, you can bitch at him. It's a beef. I'm going to put a B5. All right. So let's move on from that. And we'll talk about the Kings game. So Matt brought up the fact that, you know, he's talking about the Kings game a little bit, a little bit earlier. And I personally felt that the entire game, the way the Canadians approached it is how they have to approach every game the rest of the season. They, uh, they played with a lot more jump. They played with a lot more enthusiasm. It was a losing cause, but were you not entertained? I liked the game. Oh, sorry, Matt, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I enjoyed the game. I thought the second period was shitty, but uh, they were shot 17 to 5. But they didn't, uh, they weren't really outplayed, but they were outshot. Um, my, uh, thing about it was Jake Allen was the reason they were still in the game, but he was also the reason they were down two one, um, with help from Savard, um, on the second goal. So I, I found it very funny because I thought both goals Allen let in were stoppable goals. Um, but I found he played so well, well enough that he was keeping the Canadians close and in the game. Uh, that was just my confusion of the night of man how can he this guy be this good and those two goals are the ones he lets in 
there was no pushback. There's no, sorry, there was no quit in the Canadians. Lots of pushback in the third period. I thought the third period was a, a great period. Uh, Jake Evans is the new McDavid. Uh, so <laughs> we might as well start treating him like McDavid. We don't need a center. Just put Jake Evans on the second line. He's our new done deal. He's, a, he's an 80 point guy just from that goal there. He's going to score 50 goals. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I thought it was one of the most enjoyable games I've watched this year. Probably the, the most entertaining game I've watched this year. So I wasn't they, even upset that they lost in overtime. Really. And, and that's the thing. If they play that way and they keep the games close and they, they put in that kind of effort, even in a loss, and they'll lose more than they win. Just simply stating fact here because the Canadians are an incomplete team. But if they, they do that, it, two things. You're entertaining the fans and you're keeping them engaged. And you're not, you're not tanking and creating a losing atmosphere. You're still, you're still trying to create a winning atmosphere, even though you're losing. You're hold, you got to hold people accountable and create that kind, of, that kind of atmosphere where you're not building for right now. You're building towards next season. Well, I saw a team that uh, finally didn't quit. They went down. They went down in the third period. It was a quick goal right off the right off the hop. And I saw a team that didn't just put their tail between their legs and say, "Well, we're losing." They they continued to battle. And uh, you already brought up Evans' goal. And if anybody hasn't seen it, definitely check that out. It was a hell of a goal. Um, but what I really liked about it was the the amount of physicality that they played with. It was a little. It was kind of a kind of a look at the team last year. And it is something that we spoke of quite often last year with the, with the amount of physicality that they played with. They out, they out hit to LA who isn't a small team and they out hit them 33 to 16. And um, I was actually pleasantly surprised with them having to know and Kopitar that um, somehow the Canadians actually won more faceoffs than the, than the Kings. It was, it was just over 50%. However, I thought they were going to struggle mightily, and uh, it happened. It happened that they actually they actually did okay. Um, um, you, you look at uh, you look at the overtime. I wasn't really a big fan. I, I, they they had their chances, but they're still going back to the you know throw it back to the goalie. Let's do what we can type mentality. And and I didn't really like that they only used two defensemen, one of them being Sherratt. And I'm not going to, that's not a knock against Sherratt. He was actually probably one of their better players last night. He is the team's leading goal scorer on the blue line. He is. However, when you've got guys like Weidman, who you brought in for his offense, you've got Romanov, who I believe played an excellent game and highlighted by that, that, uh, that massive hit. Um, these are guys that you can utilize. And maybe they should have utilized them. And if they don't trust the third defenseman, or they don't trust bringing in a third defenseman, throw another forward out there. It's not going to hurt you. Romanov's hit was what changed the game. The, the, yeah. it, it I'd argue that Pazetta's play would also uh, kind of really animated the team. Because Gallagher was just leaning over the boards and giving... Yeah the entire LA Kings bench shit the whole time during that penalty. Yeah. Then Romanov follows it up with a massive hit and it really got that, the ball rolling. That Pizzetta play could have went either way though, because yeah, I, I wasn't if they would, if they would have got scored on there, then yep. it would have been, it would have been 
something else we would have talked about. Yes, oh, I, thought that, I thought it was an idiot play, to be honest with you. Yes, Pizzetta needs to be more disciplined. But at the same time, he was brought up to bring that kind of energy. So he's, and he's really the, the only player that's going to do it. So. That's right. And he's right. going to cross that line once in a while. Yep. Sure, but he got he got duped in by Lemieux hard. Of course, I, I thought it was just as soon as I seen him chasing around the ice, I knew he was going to take a dumb penalty, and they were going to go on the penalty. However, and, they, I mean, they killed it. But I, I yeah. to me, I totally disagree. I thought <clears throat> the Pizzetta play was the stupidest play of the night. I'm not arguing whether it was a smart play or not. I am saying that it, it animated the team. team. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll agree to that. And, because Lemieux. Lemieux was smart about it. He he goaded him into that. But at the same time, Lemieux turtled like so hard. But that's and, what he does. That's, but that's, that's what he does. That's his game. Yeah. Which is and funny because he doesn't genetic. need to. It's, it's funny because he doesn't need to. Like the guy can no. the guy can hold his own. Yeah. It, but it's genetic. It's it was like watching his father. <laughs> really. So I, I think it did animate the team because they saw it as just a gutless play by another by the other team to goad an AHL call up and yeah. then Romanov just stepping up and using his strengths properly and I got to give Ducharme credit for giving Romanov a little bit more leeway because you see when he's jumping up into the play he does better he he's yeah. more engaged in the game when he's allowed to to roam up a little bit he wasn't, uh, he's not being handcuffed and forced to stay back and play a Savard style game. He's it was one of, play it his. was one of his better games. It's yep. probably his best game of the season. It's seven so hits, seven hits, three blocks, played 916 or 1916. Yep. Got a couple shot attempts, and <clears throat> you know, he, he did really, really well. And and I still don't understand the Savard Kulak pairing. I just, I don't get it. It's, it's, it's not working. I liken it to Stonehenge. It's a thing, but nobody understands it. Right? Like Savard's just, not I, working I, with anybody though. Right. That's that's true. That's true. But let's be honest, he's not working with anyone. But I think that when he was with Romanov, and this is like, you know, mm-hmm. all you advanced stat people, don't fucking come after me. I'm looking at eye test. At, at Snakebite 350. <laughs> I'm looking at eye test. I thought that Savard did not look that bad when he played with Romanov. Because their their styles work together. That's right. Romanov is going to move up and take some chances, and he has the mobility to come back and help support defensively, yeah. while Savard stays the hell back there so yeah. that he doesn't get burned like he did twice last night. Yeah. Take so the puck uh, of the body. Savard yeah. doesn't take either. <laughs> which is I'll which take, is I'll which is my su- money. which is really surprising. Which is really surprising. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I will say this. I, I'm disappointed in Savard. I thought he'd be better defenseman than what he is yeah. um, or how he's playing. I mean, maybe he is. Maybe he's just in some type of slump like Petrie is. Uh, but, uh, man, he looks terrible. I think it has a lot to do with the fact of the long playoff run because he was with Tampa. Yeah. So he, he had that shortened se- uh, offseason as well. A new team, a new system. It, then you have everybody playing the way they are now. And it's, he, it's just one thing after another, make I'm not saying he's going to become, you know, a great friggin' two way second pairing guy. I'm just stating that 
he's not really set up for success at this point. So maybe after, after a horrible season, he'll come back and get himself set up kind of like Sherratt did. When Sherratt first got to Montreal, he had a very, very, very difficult time getting adjusted. And it took him about half a season. Then after that, people were singing his praises. Well, we'll see. Well, Chirac can skate better than Savard, so yes, he can actually skate. So that's that's the difference, I think. In that, yeah. But anyway, and I'm I'm not here to ditch on Savard. He's a Stanley Cup champion, two time, and uh, one time. Didn't he win? Wasn't he with Tampa the year before too? No, he was a he was a, a deadline a pickup. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, whatever. One time Stanley Cup champion. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But, but back to the Kings game, you, Matt, you brought up the power play a little bit. Yep. And Weidman being on that point, I thought worked out really well. And Suzuki and Hoffman, that pairing on that top uh, power play wave looks really good. My only concern is they're playing on their, their off they're not playing on their off wings. So they're not set up for one timers. Nope. And that's kind of what Suzuki's trying to set up for Hoffman yeah. is to lay out that massive one timer. And we saw some passes that just do not work. Yesterday. Yeah. They're trying though. And, and yeah. their puck movement's zone. a lot better. It's not just throw it back to Petrie yeah. and let him shoot. Yeah. It's way, way better. You're seeing actual zone controlled zone entries instead of the, uh, the sling that sling back pass where they, yeah. And then a chip and chase bullshit. They're yeah. actually carrying it into the zone. They're it's holding still, it in the zone. It's still quite predictable, though, because you know bit. because yep. you know who your shooters are going to be. You know it's either going to be Suzuki, and you know he's got that one move that we've all seen. He'll the curl just, and shoot. All right, he'll come in and just shoot from that one spot, yeah. and then well, Hoffman will really shoot it from anywhere. It's got a hell of a shot, though. Yeah. yeah, but the difference in that, Matt, is you have actual two people that are... That's right, and it's not... But that you have to when, look after. Whereas when before, the, you had Weber. Everyone yeah, knew you had Weber, and he was going to shoot. The only issue with that is when they're not on the ice, it just goes through Petrie. Or they don't even make it into the zone. Well, when they're not on the ice, Gallagher is the center, and they yeah. rarely, rarely win the draw anyway, so it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> yeah. But in last night's game with the Kings, what I saw with the power play, even though it didn't score... Not they got their they got the zone entries in. They've got uh, zone time. They had possession and zone time, and yes, they had the two guys Suzuki and Hoffman set up for shooting. But Suzuki was also using Toffoli down on the goal line to set up a give and go where they can do a quick bumper shot. So uh, Dvorak missed a couple of chances there with Toffoli giving him a one touch, and it just kind of bounced over his stick, or he had a defender on him. It, it didn't go. And Suzuki was right there to pick up the puck to continue possession. So it looked better. I liked how Ducharme left the first line out longer than he normally does on the shifts too. They were a minute and a half instead of minute and a half instead of forty-five seconds. Yeah, so I enjoyed that. I thought the PK played well as well. I thought the penalty kill was a was a tighter group. They uh, you know kept the shots relatively outside. They 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 killed a five on three. They cut down the cross-scene passes. So I, I thought the PK played really well, very well as well. I think I think now they're up to like 68% or something. Wow. Look out. Damn. They're, Look they're out. Get, they're at the Yager level. 68. I'm guessing. I'm, I'm just guessing because they, they were 66. They were 66 going into the game. So they're they're maybe a point away from being really nice. 
Get it. I'll, t- Get I'll it. tell you right now. They are 68.6. 29th <clears throat> in the league. 0.4 away from a nice number. Nice round yeah. number. And they're 12.8 on the power play, 27. Whoa. They're moving up. They used to be 31st. There you go. Now they're... they're... My God. And now they're averaging two goals a game instead of one. We're cooking that, with gas now. That's, <laughs> that's also 31st. Two whole oh goals God. a game. Uh... Oh, baby. <clears throat> Boy, Shane Wright's going to look good in Montreal. I'm saying. Oh, man. Look, Bergevin's had this planned all along. Sure he did. He knows for a fact the drafts in Montreal, what better way to have a draft in Montreal than have the first overall pick? Pick a Louis LeBlanc again. And they'll pick whoever the highest-ranked French guy is. Louis LeBlanc is going to get that Benjamin Buttons disease thing, and then they're <laughs> going to pick him again when he's 18. <laughs> I'm... St- they can sign me. I'm francophone. Hey, come on. I'll take league minimum. I'll fill water bottles. Hell, I just scored two goals in a beer league game. Yeah. Well, you'd still probably do better than Savard on the ice. But anyway. Even Hey-ho. after drinking my Boxing Rock puck off beer. A delicious beer that if you get a, got up at the break of dawn and spent all day drinking rich coffee while cheering your team under your hockey blanket, you and your de- dedicated ways deserve a super refreshing, perfectly normal beer to share with your friends. Puck off. A check. <laughs> they don't even sponsor us yet, do they? Uh, they gave me free beer, so I had to do that. Future sponsor. It's, it's my sponsor. I did what I had to do to get my free beer. Yeah. So. As I drink my coffee from my Tim Hortons mug wearing my Under Armour sweater. If you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I already got the free stuff. They already gave it to me. That's why I'm drinking it. See, I get my payment up front. <clears throat> I've got the balls to ask for it. And speaking of balls. Manscaped. I got to find that. So winter is coming. Brace yourselves. What the writers of games, uh, game of Thrones didn't want to tell you is that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with manscaped. Poor guy thought it was okay to trim his balls with a traditional razor or hair trimmer. Not sure what you want as a gift for the holidays. Well, manscaped is the ultimate gift and they're here to change the men's grooming game and you can get 20% off and free shipping. If you use the code unfiltered20 at manscaped.com. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 4.0. The Performance Package 4.0 is the best in the business. This hygiene bundle includes the Lawnmower 4.0 Weed Whacker, Boxers, Travel Kit, and Liquid Formulations. The new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof with advanced skin safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts and even has a light to help with your, with your close shave down there. No need to have a red wedding situation next time you're going for a trip. The Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer can help you whack those nasty weeds in your delicate holes. This product also has proprietary skin-safe technology to help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs. The Performance Package also includes Crop Preserver. It's deodorant for your balls to protect against chafing. Also, the Crop Reviver Ball Toner will keep your boys fresh at all times. 
Maybe you're on the other side of the wall and you don't know when your next shower is. No worries. The Crop Mop Ball Wipes are for you. Have smelly feet? Manscaped can help with their foot duster foot deodorant made to fight odors of the dirtiest feet. Want to smell good everywhere? The Refined Cologne by Manscaped is a clean and fresh scent designed for the refined gentleman. On top of everything, they've even uh, thrown in the Shed Travel Bag to carry your goods and the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs to hold the entire package together. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code unfiltered20 at manscaped.com. During the winter, you may be spending more time inside with your balls. Might as well make them beautiful. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code unfiltered20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code unfiltered20. It's time to join the Manscaped movement. These products are snow joke. <sighs> Check. <clears throat> We're just nailing it. All these product placements. My goodness. Anyway, you guys are fucking quiet. You want to say something? Like, hello? Just, just listen to the commercial. I'm just saying if Caulfield scored and he didn't. So he did not. Okay. Fortin scored for the Rockets, one nothing. There you go. Now, did uh the opposition team tweet anything at Caulfield and tagged them in it? No. No, idea. not this time. Because Utica really? did that last game. And that the AHL. That was kind of a douche move. It's a douche move. I I, I know some people are saying, hey, it's just like chirping, but it's not. Because this is, this is the thing, I get I get what they were trying to do, and yes, they were trying to chirp. It was still a douche move to do. It kind of reminds me of what the Canes do, and they get away with it. Uh, I don't th- no, right? you know what the the Canes what they do is they set it up to engage the fans. They're chirping the fans. They're they're kind of poking the bear with the fans. This was a direct tweet at a player who was out on the ice who couldn't see the tweet. So yeah, it's kind of like chirping, but it's, it's a douche move because the player doesn't see this. He can't respond to it. You know, it's, it's, it's an entire franchise calling out an opposition player, which the AHL said, Hey, you don't do that. It's unprofessional, but it's also a douche move because the player has no idea it's been done. So they're, they're chirping behind his back like a bunch of cowards because he won't see that for a few hours. Yeah, uh, that's that. That's what I didn't like about that. I still don't like the Kane social media people. So. Oh, I, uh, I don't give a shit about the Canes. I think everyone's making a big deal out of nothing. But anyway, personally, uh, I I don't see a story here. It's they chirped him. Sure, it was douchey. It was unprofessional. AHL slapped their hand. Move yeah, on. and then they deleted it and said, "Bro, it was a joke." No, just own it. Just own it. Say we tried something. It didn't work. Just own it. Sure. And again, if you're going to chirp someone, you do it to their face. Don't do it behind their backs. Because when when's he going to see that tweet? Like an hour after the game is done? If at all. Yeah. Like, come on. I get it. I get it. I just don't see why this has been a big story. I mean, because it was something that happened with the Canadians. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Even, uh, see, even his dad, Paul. Over got yeah, onto I've, it i seen it all over twitter i was like i don't understand why people are making a big deal out of this 
And for some reason, when I said, hey, that's unprofessional, Red Wings Twitter got upset. Like, were they just tired of being irrelevant? They had to get in on something? Like, they tried to compare it to the Canes. I'm like, no, no, the Canes are actually good at doing that. (laughs) They're good at it. Whether you agree with the Canes approach or not, they are good at doing that. And they do it engaging the fans. So they're getting their traffic through the fans. So kudos to them. They're doing it right. Utica didn't, though. They're both patients. Yeah. Well, Utica will never get out of the AHL anyway, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) They're never going to get called up. Never once. Um, But yeah, whatever. Um, So... As we record, I know it's tonight, it's the 10th of November, but tomorrow when this episode comes out, it is the 11th of November. The 11th of November is Remembrance Day in Commonwealth Nations. Our American neighbors understand this. Uh, they've, they've been our allies for well over a century. So they, they know what Remembrance Day means to Canada. Um, what I'd like to do is I'd like to do as this is going to be coming out on Remembrance Day, I'd like to provide a two minutes moment of silence for our fallen comrades. Uh, For those who may not know, all three of us, uh, all three hosts of this show serve in the Canadian Armed Forces. We have covered all three elements, Navy, Air Force, and Army between the three of us. And we've served for many years. We've also known many people that have gotten injured or worse So we'd like to spend two minutes uh, providing a moment of silence for those who are listening to have a moment of reflection and think of the veterans who have served and come before us. So I'd like to begin our moment of silence now.
And thank you for giving us that those two minutes <clears throat> and uh, thinking about our fallen comrades. So uh, to continue the show, I'd like to finish with a little bit of a preview for the Calgary Flames who are going to be coming to Montreal. Um, the Flames, Flames are a much better team than they were last year. Uh, they are seven, two, and three. <laughs> they uh, they've got forty one goals four in their twelve games played. So they're they're rolling. Their power play is pretty strong. Um, they're on a seven one and two streak right now. Um, they got a decent power uh, penalty kill. Markstrom's looking really good in net. So the expectation is, of course, they're going to steamroll the Canadians. But if the Canadians can play the way they did against the Kings, I think they have a decent to fair chance of actually winning a game. What do you think, Trey? Depends on who plays. They have a lot of guys that are day-to-day, a lot of guys that are uh, so... uh, It'll be interesting. I'm not going to get my hopes up or anything, but uh, if they play as well as they do against the Kings, they they have a fair chance to make it close or at least maybe pull out a couple points. I think it has a lot to do with uh, Ducharme as well. Is he willing to uh, shorten his bench like he did against the Kings instead of just rolling four lines, you know, like a, like a, like a peewee coach, just rolling all the, all the lines through so that everybody gets some ice time, shorten his bench and kind of fight for the matchups that he wants. If he can do that, like he did against the Kings, I think, I think they have a decent chance. Uh, the, Matt, the issue is, think? oh, sorry, go ahead. Nothing. Go ahead, Matt. No. Okay, oh. go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I was just going to say the issue was did he roll his stop rolling his four lines because Paquette got hurt and he never really had full full four lines, or did he just decide not to roll his four lines because it was working? That that's what you got to look at, right? So, well, yeah, that's that's the rub. I was hoping that maybe he could do that on his own, but. Mm. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. It, I mean, again, I'm not getting my hopes up or anything for the Calgary game, but who knows? Maybe LA's game gives them the shot in the ass they need and they go on a big winning streak here or something. Who knows? Two games in a row would be cool. 40 straight wins. Maybe. You heard it here first. You never know. Maybe the Canadians are going to luck out and they're not even going to see Markstrom because they play back-to-back. Who do they play the first night? Oh, Montreal, sorry. Montreal the first night, Toronto the second night. Ooh, oh yeah, yeah. they might put Marks to me against Toronto, <laughs> right? So we might see. Uh, they, yeah. But you know, at the same time, they might look at Montreal being the easier opponent, throw the good goal, throw the better goalie of the two up against them. You never know. But or you know, they're going to play it smart and do a call up of a francophone backup goalie from the AHL, guaranteed who's gonna, win, who's going to pitch a fucking shutout, guaranteed <laughs> win. Louis Domingue did that. Remember Louis Domingue? Oh, yeah. In Arizona. I remember watching that game. Speaking of call-ups, uh, being that we're in Halifax, Zach Fucali got his call-up to the Washington Capitals. He did. It Good is. for him, finally. Yeah. So hopefully well, he, he gets a couple of games. He was called playoffs last year, too, I think. Yeah, he was a black ace, though. Yeah. Right. Okay, I thought, I, thought he? He's ba- I, I thought he backed up Craig Anderson after uh, their goalies got hurt. Yeah, he might actually see playing time this time. Yeah. Good for him. I hope he does. I really hope he does. He he's he deserves it. He was a guy that I really wanted to to make it with the Canadians. 
Well, yeah, you used I didn't a think he would pick on him. Yeah, you I didn't think to. he was gonna like. I didn't think he was gonna surpass Price, but I was thinking that maybe he was back gonna be like, yeah, he was gonna be a solid, a solid backup. Unfortunately, he never, uh, he never found that with the Canadians organization. Well, maybe it's because they uh, pick certain goalies in their minors that they want to play with, and the rest are just garbage, like McNevin. Can't all can't all be a Lindgren. Speaking of garbage. Uh, oh, sorry, did I say that out loud? I'm sure, the, I'm sure there's a couple people I know that are all happy about him being in St. Louis and whatever he's doing because I've never heard his name since he left. So that's because the people that love him so much blocked us for some strange reason. No loss, no, no loss on our part. I got blocked for wanting to work for them. <laughs> yeah. yeah that was if your, that makes yeah. any sense. <laughs> that was your stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Anywho. Uh, any, uh, any final thoughts, guys, before we sign? Uh, quick for me. Um, I just want to say uh, shout out to the Leafs for, uh, for um, uh, they had their military appreciation game on Monday and, uh, they had a private box that was dedicated to uh, Canadian Forces members. There was uh, quite a few guys from my squadron, quite a few guys from my crew that were able to go. It was a uh, it was a losing effort on their part, uh, losing to the Kings on a big game from Phil Deneau. Um, But uh, they did a very good ceremony. Uh, they were treated very well, and uh, they you know they honored some uh, veterans uh, prior to puck drop. So good on them, and uh, the Canadians uh, will be doing the same. Uh, with their military appreciation, which will be tomorrow on Remembrance Day. Uh, Treg? Uh, props to Canadians for the Phil Deneau tribute. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, I don't know why they didn't do one for Cotton Yemi. I'm confused. but uh, They did. It was just him falling down. <laughs> they just showed Bambi on ice. Uh <laughs> But uh, no, good for them. The no deserved it. And the crowd gave him a good ovation when they showed the uh, tribute video. And that, that was, I mean, so all you people who are like, oh, they boo, it's disrespect. They boo everyone that leaves the team. It's actually a sign of respect. Unless well, they really hated the guy that left. Well, I mean, if the guy was traded away, they'd cheer him. Yeah. Until he did something that didn't help the uh, Canadians. I had a feeling they were going to boo him because he left on his yeah. own. Yeah. And well, they boo and, everybody. And if you're paying three hundred dollars a ticket and you feel like booing a guy, fucking boo a guy. You paid the money. But anyway. it is it is right that they cheered him during the ovation yeah. or during the uh, video tribute because he did so much for that uh, that team, especially last year. Yeah. But anyway, so, it was a uh, it was nice. Yeah, it was nice. That's all. That's all. I really uh, and I would like to point. Uh, let our listeners know that we are still selling those t-shirts. Uh, our Habs and Filter t-shirts are still for sale at 514 Sports. 514 go, Shirts. 514, yeah, sorry, 514 Shirts. Uh, go, to their, uh, go to their website, 514shirts.com or .ca. I'm off the top of my head, I can't remember. I've been drinking. Um, <laughs> puck off beer. Um, yeah, go to their website. You can order it there. All profits, every penny of the profits for those shirts go to help veterans in need, homeless veterans, uh, through Vets Canada, who will support the uh, these veterans with whatever they need. Um, 
Also, uh, for another one of our sponsors, SeatGiant.ca, go to their website to buy any tickets for any concert, sporting event. Uh, use the code UNFILTERED20 and save yourself 35% on your fees when purchasing tickets through SeatGiant.ca. Uh, <clears throat> finally, I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Um, you guys, uh, we've been, we've, I've interacted, well, all of us have interacted with you online. Uh, we've been getting emails from you, uh, tips, pointers, uh, heads ups, random comments, or there was, there, <laughs> there was some strange pictures that came in at one point and that's fine. We like seeing that kind of stuff come in. Um, keep it coming, not the pictures the comments and the, the questions and, and the emails. We, we love that stuff. Interacting with you guys is what makes this fun. Um, Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.